0: hello parents welcome to episode 73 and i'm so excited because we're going to do a two-part series on childhood and i have the first two manning children with me molly and madeline and we're just going to talk about childhood we're going to talk about their childhood and then we're going to talk about um the childhood that they're building for their sons And so to start off with, I just want to define um, what childhood even means. It's just the state of being a child, just being a little kid. It's the idealized world that a child lives in. And the um, age spans... ranges from birth to adolescence and it's just a time for children um to play and grow strong and be confident That's it's, it's that time span that they are in school and they're surrounded by love and encouragement from their family and an extended community of caring adults guys it's a precious time in which our kids should get to live free from fear and safe from violence and protected from abuse and all of the things that this world has for them. And so we parents get the privilege and the opportunity of training up our children in the way that they should go in the ways of the, war, in the, ways of the Lord, not so much in the ways of the world, but this world is where we live. And so we just want to talk a little bit about what to do with the things of this world when it comes to building their childhood. And so we're going to, there's, there's tons, of ways um, to build a childhood but we're gonna just talk about two specific areas one is culture you build your child's um, childhood with the culture that you surround yourself with and then um, activities that create memories and so in our book crazy cool family which Molly Madeline you guys helped us write there's mm-hmm. tons of years writing in there right <laughs> if you haven't got the book yet pick that up you can you'll hear more from their um, voices but we talk about culture and in it, there's four pillars of culture, encouragement, safety, discipline, and unity. And so, girls, tell us um, from the, your childhood, where is a time or what's something that we did or how did you grow up feeling encouraged?
1: You want to go? <laughs> <laughs> you go. No, you go. <laughs> um, I, I can say one thing, and I, mom and dad have talked about this a lot as well, but Kind of just the idea that every time we came home from anything that we did, whether that was sports or hanging out with friends or even doing church stuff, um, mom would always ask us a million questions, and dad kind of refers to that as washing the world off of us. And so, um, you know, she would just ask questions for us to process, and even if the questions just ended up answering, How was your day and what did you do? There was kind of always a little bit of encouragement in that. And even if, you know, she was I'm sure saying,
0: you made good choices.
1: <laughs> <laughs> even if she wasn't saying, Oh my gosh, you're so beautiful and that was such a great choice and you have such great friends there was just even the fact that she stayed up late or took the time away from other kids or things that were happening to just process whatever we were doing but felt very encouraging. Yeah.
2: Um, I think something that felt encouraging for me was them just showing up at stuff, just very practically. It was, (laughs) I know, even if it was like, okay, dad's going to take this kid to this thing, mom's going to take this kid to this thing, and then dad's going to leave this thing to come see my thing. But it was like they still tried to show up at anything and at everything as often as possible, whether it was a sporting event or a play or a dance recital or anything that we were doing. Um... So that felt encouraging that I just knew they were going to be there. At least one of them, ideally, both of them, and they were going to fight to be there even if it was like hard or inconvenient or meant missing something else.
0: For sure, yeah. We definitely didn't want to miss that. And it definitely got harder as more children came <laughs> up, and You just
1: started <laughs> asking us to go in your place. Yeah. <laughs>
0: exactly. I remember dragging Maddox, Michael, and McKay to uh, – all of your, so
1: many things.
2: Yep.
0: Okay. So now, so back to building culture. Um, another um, pillar is safety. And so where did you guys, how did you guys feel safe in your childhood? That is definitely something as parents that we strive to create in our family, not just that protection so that bad things don't happen, but how did you feel safe?
1: One thing for me is that you guys didn't really ever fight in front of us. I mean, you definitely, mm, you good. disagreed, and we knew, you know, if you guys were kind of upset with each other or not on the same page, but I don't, I can't really remember a time where I ever heard you guys raise your voices at all. Um, definitely don't remember times where the either of you talked negatively about the other person, um, which just kind of created a culture of not only do we not do that to each other, but your mom and dad are always on the same team. You know, I, I literally never was scared that there was something wrong with your marriage ever. Mm-hmm.
0: That's good. That is it. That's a powerful thing. I'm glad you brought that up because parents, your kids see that really clearly. And so they know when you're going. They, they know. I mean, they, they know when you're not happy with each other. And, it, and it, it does build a foundation of safety when you guys are connected. That's good.
2: I think for me, something that was made me feel safe was that I felt included, and I don't know if that worked like for all the siblings, but pretty much there was like nothing that mom and dad wouldn't share with us, whether it was like, hey, we're not going to eat out at Chick-fil-A every Wednesday this month because we're a little tight on money, so this <laughs> month we're going to try eating at home, or whether it was like, hey, like some big things are happening in our life. Let us keep you updated. Like they just always Hmm. essentially told us what was going on. Even I remember from being like pretty young, I even remember my friends saying, y'all always know what's going on, like with your parents or with your family or with what's going on in our parents, friend groups or whatever. Y'all, how do y'all always know what's going on all the time? And, um, I was like, because they included us. So that felt safe. It felt safe for us to include them because they included us first. It felt like our home was a safe place to talk about anything that we wanted to as little kids um, and then growing up because they started the trend of, like, including us in their lives.
0: Yes, and showing you that we were not perfect. <laughs> Okay, so it leads us into the next pillar, which we definitely were not perfect in the early years of building culture, which is discipline. Um, to train up a child once again, discipline is included. So tell us of an uh, uh, what does discipline look like in building the culture of our young family before it was crazy cool, maybe.
2: <laughs> I think for me, it was really intentional. Um, like I knew if so our parents did discipline us spanking our booties when we were little. <laughs>
0: Except for they laughed at me when I did it. <laughs> well, so we laughed, it wasn't too... we laughed at mom.
2: We laughed at mom because she Dad. didn't spank very hard. <laughs> and so we were like, sure, you can spank us. <laughs> um, but it was like not just done like, oh, my gosh, you disobeyed. I'm going to spank you. Like out of anger, out of frustration. They just did it with intentionality. So a lot of times it was like, oh, no, you'd made the wrong choice. You need to get a spank in. And so you'd go up to your room and you'd like sit on your bed and I don't know what they did, but for what felt like 14 hours, but you were sitting there just waiting <laughs> for them to come. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh, how can they do this? And then they would explain to us, do we know what we did? Do we know why we're getting in trouble? And we would be able to say... Like, I remember very clearly throwing a piggy bank at Macy's face because I was mad at her, and I got a spanking for it, and I had to say, I'm getting a spanking because I threw a piggy bank at Macy's face, and she's bleeding. (laughs) And then I got a spanking, and then at the end, they just told us how much they loved us, and they're proud of us, and they're not mad at us, and every time I left getting a spanking, I didn't feel like I was a chump or that I was a loser or that my parents were mad at me. I just felt like, Oh, I made a wrong choice. This is the consequences of my actions. I couldn't say consequences at the time, but this is what's happening because I made a wrong choice. And there you are. And I remember even like talking about it, like, it's been, like, two whole weeks since I've got a spanking, like, with Macy and bragging about it, like, it's been so long.
0: We're
1: doing awesome.
0: That's the goal, parents, to the longer you can go. And yeah. then you just then you just don't remember. There's the last one, and yeah. it was like, when was the last time? It's
1: been years. I think for me, um, I everything that Madeline described happened to me. My piggy bank mm-hmm. moment is we were out to dinner or lunch and meeting dad, and I just pushed Madeline out of the back of the car, mm-hmm. like – a van onto this concrete and she busted her head and had a huge goose egg and it was like gravel and I don't even know why I was mad at her, but dad couldn't get me a spank there because he was going back to work. So it was the awful, we're going to talk about this when I get home conversation and I definitely got a spanking and the conversation was, you know, we don't do harm to our sister. We love our sister. But for me, the thing that stands out is I don't, spankings weren't a threat. Like the spankings, especially, were the the ultimate consequence. And mom and dad didn't say, you know, just because we were throwing a fit in Walmart, oh, you're gonna get a spankin'. They were very um, articulate in their consequences. If we were throwing a fit about not getting a toy, then maybe the consequence was we have to put up all of those toys when we get home and not play with them for a week. Or they just knew us well enough and kind of knew the situation well enough not to just dole out the same punishment for every single thing and then make those specific punishments be a little bit more, you know, like you were saying, I've been two whole wings since I got a spanking, but I'm sure in that time you had been disciplined in other ways, yeah, oh, but sure. the spankings just made sense, you know? And so it wasn't like we were just constantly living in this fear of that happening or even discipline happening because even though we didn't like it in the middle of it, they like used those things wisely, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so that's so good just to think about discipline as an opportunity to connect your kids, to use it as the consequence, but to connect your kids to the right behavior. Okay, so last pillar of culture, and then let's talk about some fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the la- uh, is unity. So how did we build unity? Just one idea of how we built unity in our family that built our culture that our um, families can do the same in their families.
1: One thing for me off the bat is that when we took road trips which we did a lot of because flying that many people is very expensive we most of the time in the car ride i'm talking to florida or colorado we weren't allowed to have at that time there were no ipads but just anything in our ears any kind of any technology that was available at that time We weren't allowed to do it. It was like an hour maybe because they wanted, mom and dad wanted us to play games with each other and talk to each other and sing together and hang out. That was Don's
0: brainchild. I think I probably would have plugged him in. (laughs) (laughs) It was good though. It was good because then you got to, it was just Don's idea in that was that he just wanted to hijack all the minutes because there's Mm -hmm. only so much time that we're all in a car together. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. I think for me it was that they had us um unified for lack of a better word on the same things hmm. so like we like when we were little girls we all had like babies and dollhouse those were our two toys Really, we didn't have babies and Barbies and this and this and this. We just had, like, two main toys, and we just contributed and built up, built up, built up. Right. And then for sports, it was basketball, and the boys played, the little boys played baseball. And it was like we had basketball season and baseball season. And we tried soccer for a minute, but we, it was too many moving pieces. And so we were unified to the same thing. And so now the fruit of it is that mm. we can all play basketball. And we remember our days playing dollhouse for hours and hours and dolls. And, and the boys had, like, their sets sets of toys, Legos and Rescue Heroes were their two like main sets of Mm -hmm. toys. And so just like being unified as a sibling group and on like what we were playing with, the actual items, but then also the sports we were playing um, made it to where we had like things in common to talk about Mm -hmm. and things in common to play and things in common to buy each other. And like so on and so forth. So, oh,
0: so good. Ah, So good. Okay. So moving on to the activities that create memories. What are some of the things that you remember that built your childhood? Some of the things that you did that you, when you look back and you think, oh, that I did that when I was a
1: kid or that was so much fun. I remember doing that as a kid. (laughs) Well, I mean, you mentioned babies and dollhouse. I, we played dollhouse, American Girl so dolls and babies, hours. so many hours in our. Well, into your teens. Yeah. Like well, things <laughs> longer <laughs> than you should have. Definitely. I was keeping us safe from other things. Um, but in our. My parents, like the house that I would consider growing up in, they moved out of it when I was 13. We had. There was a. A lot of dining room space. I'm not, I guess people had formal dining rooms, but mom and dad turned both of the rooms into some sort of schoolroom, playroom combination. And Madeline and I would split the room right down the middle. We would move all of this furniture into the middle, and her one side would be her house and one side would be my house. And we would play babies all day until dad came home and mom would race around and have us clean up for 30 minutes before he got there. Um, and then with Dollhouse and the house they moved into next, I was 13 and the game room had all these random cubbies and we would just cover the cubbies with dollhouse and one family was doll Madeline. mansions yeah and we spent most of our time naming all the kids we thought that was the coolest thing ever we got to name it and we'd get like 20 minutes did in. y'all ever name them sebastian or truett nope nope
2: never used those never names. did not know
1: they existed Um, but I don't know, just like, just so much imagination. I feel like just go upstairs and play babies bar. I mean, yeah, mainly babies and dollhouse. Yes. It's good. Another
2: fun memory that I think about it is they let us decorate our rooms however we wanted and I just <laughs> told on that earlier I was like I don't know if I'm going to do that for my <laughs> j- children because those rooms were excessive but we just kind of listed off all the different rooms and mine I had a whole the whole section of my room was dedicated to my nursery kitchen house it was like my own house it was painted different it had like my uncle built like a wall like as a divider it was my own world all my babies lived in there with me it was the dream bedroom for any like six-year-old girl who was obsessed with babies and so that was just really fun to have like my like they let us be ourselves in our rooms and express it however crazily that might be yeah y'all were saying that there was a lime green room and a yeah, bright purple bright pr- yeah, there room Yeah,
1: baseball football basketball all in the same room oh yeah all the
2: sports room <laughs> yeah I was, yeah
1: so much um another thing is birthdays and I was just telling mom this sounds really overwhelming to copy her <laughs> but she made every single one of our birthdays so so special and I petered out when it
0: came to the boys.
1: (laughs) Well, I still remember some of their great birthdays. I mean, one birthday on Michael's, it snowed. Um, But I I I didn't do that. (laughs) I mean, like for me, I really loved clothes and we didn't really get to spend a lot of time at the mall because it was annoying to take a lot of children there. And so mom (laughs) took my three best friends and me to the mall on my 10th birthday and she just pretty much let us go wherever we wanted to go. And we ate at a sit-down restaurant and. We got one of those like cartoon people drawn of my face, which we could never do at Six Flags because it was way too expensive. And she just knew me well. And I mean, Madeline, mom had a Madeline birthday for her, complete with a Madeline cake and cupcakes that were balloons and tie-dye Full birthdays. costume, full yes. Madeline costume. With party favors and she would... Every present that a friend brought that we opened, she would sit there after we opened it and take the picture of us with the friend and the present and then have us write thank you notes and send the picture in the car to the friend. (laughs) Just teaching us how to write thank you notes and take pictures. And I don't know. We we could talk a long time about all the birthday Mm -hmm. parties she planned for us.
2: Yes. And another one I have is the backyard. So Molly didn't live in the second house that we lived in, but the second house we lived in, or she was older. But we had this (laughs) (laughs) huge. I was there. (laughs) She was wrapping up her childhood. Okay, probably not very fun to be around. But we had this huge backyard with a pool and a trampoline and a like jungle gym set. And we spent so many hours out there, just like so many, so many pool games, crazy pool games, just so much imagination, obstacle courses and trampolines and everything. And so just the backyard, I mean, I can't even begin to tell you how many hours we spent in the backyard, just playing and playing and playing and playing, even when it was like 1000 degrees Mm. outside. I'm like, how did we do that? And we would come in and eat a bunch of watermelon and then go watermelon and then go right back out and play for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. hours. That's good. Wear them out
0: parents. That's the goal.
2: Okay. So as a spokesperson
0: for all the children in the world, so you guys are now speaking for all the children. What would you tell parents on how they can make their child's childhood the best?
1: For me, I think, um, the, the concept is simple. Listen to your child. Mm. Um, Give them the opportunity to explain why they want to do what they want to do. And I can see how maybe a three year old, four year old, five year old, you know, asking for gummy bears over and over again, it's going to be hard to get to the root of what they want. But as they get older, um, for me, this came into play where, and I specifically just remember a couple times where I would ask to go hang out at a friend's house after church. And I know my mom and dad have talked about how church for us or uh, Sundays were sacred and that's the day of rest and we took naps and (laughs) they would always say no and they weren't ever rude about it but it was just kind of no that's not what we do and I never felt like I had the opportunity to appeal or say I understand that that's our rule, but this is why I want to do what I want to do um And my parents did such a good job raising us without really ever saying no. They always explained why they said no. And so if if that's the kind of parenting that you're taking on, then just show your kids kind of the same respect. And maybe if you're thinking, well, I don't know how to get that out of a five-year-old, maybe ask them questions of why they keep asking, I want this, I want this, I want this. And maybe it's because somewhere along the way they saw their friend have gummy bears and they've always wanted to know what it tasted like, you know, (laughs) and then be there to give them that opportunity. There are going to be a lot of times where you have to say no um, for their safety or for limitations. And so choose sometimes to say yes, give them the opportunity to appeal um, and explain why they want to do it. And then I don't know, die to yourself. I, I have to do that even with a one-year-old. And let them do it. That would probably be my, 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 my spokesperson for the children of the world. <laughs> <laughs> I would say uh, don't be too
2: busy as a parent to miss out on their childhood mm-hmm. and make, making memories I'm with kidding. them. I would say that. And I don't know, I think they did a good job, a good balance, mom and dad did, um, but it did feel like uh, the more kids mom had, the more she <laughs> maybe missed out on us, and like, like I don't necessarily remember her playing with us, which maybe that's why she had so many kids, but... Um, <laughs> I was playing with the younger ones, you know, <laughs> yeah. their
0: diaper. Yeah, yeah, them. yeah, no.
2: changing the little ones. So I don't know how this works for, like, people with a bunch of kids, because I only have one kid, but just like... Don't be on your phone as much and like just choose if I was a kid, I would just be like, put down your phone, mom and dad, and play mm. with me, you know? Or or can we do we have to eat dinner at five o'clock? Can we go play basketball till five thirty and eat at five thirty? Just like don't let your schedule or your phone or your time frame or your control get in the way of like them and their memories and their fun just like be okay with putting it down or be okay with maybe changing plans and for some of us that's easier than others Mm. i totally understand be okay with like um and not going exactly according to plan or not responding to that text in five minutes promptly from when you get it to like be a part of their lives and their memories and their childhoods and their fun and they're outside and they're spontaneous wanting to go on a walk or make a lemonade stand or do a car wash or play basketball for the thousandth time or
1: whatever it is. Just don't be too busy to miss out on memories with them. I have an example of Malin doing that. That's such a cute story and I will think about it always because she is a kind of mom that reminds me because I'm the other that struggles with not doing plans, but we were visiting them in Arkansas a couple months ago, and for whatever reason, Sebastian hates his pack and play, I don't know, and that's <laughs> the week he decided to figure that out, and he just woke up at, I don't know, was it like 10 p.m., I'm not sure, but all the girls were just sitting down to be just restful and relaxed and watch a movie together, and I'm trying to get in the shower, and he's waking up screaming his head off, he's going to wake up true it, and Madeline just Picks him up and is like, okay, I got him. And then she, we, for some reason had these, what were they? The little frogs, bunny frog things (laughs) things that you like put your finger on and they jump kind of what they're called something. I don't know what they are, but she moved her furniture out of the way and sat on the ground with him pregnant and was. (laughs) pushing these little things to where they would hop against the wall and bounce off at like 11 p.m. at night and bash thought it was hysterical. It was he was hysterical. laughing so so hard. <laughs> and I just remember thinking it doesn't matter if he goes to bed. It doesn't matter if you know like this is a memory that he's making with his aunt, he's making with his mom and his grandma and he thinks it's hilarious and he went to sleep fine after that. And so just I don't know, just yeah, like what you said, I Malin is really good at that, so you should take her advice. <laughs> it works, I promise. Well,
0: and that feeds just to the very last question. So what are you guys doing? From the childhood that you had, what are you going to carry over into Sebastian and Truitt's childhood?
2: <laughs> this I, is a hard well, one. I think one thing that I'm doing. This is hard well, because there are only one. <laughs> yeah, it's true. One thing is just slowing down my own life and my own agenda, like I said, to, like, make memories with him let's chew it and then the other one is just to like I guess let him explore slash celebrate Mm -hmm. his him um, the combination of those two things just Like if he's cleaning out the cabinets, then maybe just like Mm -hmm. sitting down there and seeing what's in the cabinets. Like, oh my gosh, there's another another glass lid. (laughs) You know, this is amazing. There's 12 glass lids in here and we pulled everyone out, you know. And so like a combination of just like letting him explore and then celebrating the exploration and then helping encourage him on how to put it away, you know, (laughs) in the process, but just kind of letting him be a kid. But then also instead of, being frustrated at his kidness hmm. celebrating it and like joining in with it and having fun with him and like celebrating him and all the little things. And he's so cute. He's like, true. is such a little celebrator. And so whenever, you know, his ya, which is what he calls my mom comes in, he'll say, yay, Yahya, just to cheer <laughs> on because he just loves to celebrate life. And so just, just continuing to just cheer him on in his life as he is a kid um, the hopefully for my my vision behind that is to just build like a foundation of him knowing that no matter what he does, whether it's something I want him to do or something I don't want him to do, that I still am like his number one biggest fan mm-hmm. and I'm going to cheer him on through his whole life.
1: Um, I think for for us, um one thing even that mom and dad taught us that we just kind of do all the time is just use words to speak life. And so mm-hmm. I mean, we do it from oh, no, we're not going to, you know, or let's not keep eating all of those whatever snacks because it puts a lot of sugar in our body, and God created our body, and sometimes sugar makes us sad, and we want to eat more grapes because grapes make us feel strong. And he's <laughs> one years old, and he looks at me like, I did not catch one word of that. I just heard grapes, so give them to me. Or, you know... Even now, like when Damien and I are doing something difficult in life and like we're in the room getting Sebastian ready for bed, we'll pray with him over the other person mm-hmm. or good. just talking about how how reading makes us feel or makes our brains work. And we love when our brains work and bash, your brain's going to work so well. It's going to grow up and you're going to be so smart because of how you're going to use your brain and just trying to speak things over him as much as we can whether that's a no opportunity no we don't touch that hot thing we'll burn our skin off or oh my gosh yes let's go spend more time outside that's God's Mm -hmm. creation and it you know it shows us how big and powerful God is um and just in that creating experiences I think we've just had the opportunity to even travel a lot lately and just do things for him, and do, sometimes we look at each other like he's one years old, but just creating experiences that yeah. affect yes. his little world view and whatever that might be. Like even I wanted so badly to take him to like a trampoline park for his first birthday because he loves to jump and fall. <laughs> like he'll just fall onto the hardwood floor because he thinks it's so funny, um, and I just can't imagine seeing his little brain do that and so a
0: world of <laughs> yeah a world of
1: where I can just fall and laugh you know he runs and jumps on the couch all day long and so just you know seeing that, that that's something that he cares about and j- jumping through the hoops to do what I can to broaden you know that desire in his heart oh that's perfect and that's exactly
0: how I want to wrap it up perfect I just think it would, wouldn't it be pretty amazing if our, your kids grew up and they said that my parents really knew me yeah. That They explored, they celebrated, they joined me in all the different experiences of my life. Mm-hmm. They just, they, they knew I loved to fall on the ground, so they took me to trampoline parks. Mm-hmm. They knew I loved the color purple, so they painted my room purple. Yeah. They knew that I loved to explore, so they let me go through the, the cabinets. And so mm-hmm. parents, that's what we want to just leave you with is tomorrow, you know, after you sleep, after you listen to the podcast, after you sleep on it, <laughs> tomorrow, mm-hmm. pay attention to your kid and get to know them and then do something Thing that shows them that you know them. Yeah. That shows them Good. that you love them, and shows them that you want to join them in the childhood that they're living. And so, we just love you, parents. We just say, go be crazy, crazycoolfamily.com.